Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I'm here because the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My God. I didn't expect that. I think I threw my shoulder out. Hallelujah. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. I'm excited that I can sing about something I've experienced. I'm excited that I can sing about something that I know is true. Not because you told me so. And not even because this Bible told me so. But because I experienced it in my life. And it was the blood of the Lamb that kept me. Hallelujah. I don't even know how to start. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jay's not a doctor. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, I heard that. Title of my sermon tonight is going to be, The Blood Doesn't Work Unless You Apply It. Hallelujah. I'm going to... I, I know that y'all respect the reading of the word, but the reading is kind of lengthy, so I'm a, we've been standing a while. Why don't you go ahead and be seated? And I'm going to read to you tonight from Exodus 12, verses 21 through 28. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel in the, on the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. Verse 23, for the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood until, upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service that ye shall say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover? who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, and the peoples bowed their head and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. The blood doesn't work unless you apply it. But now, now this, is, this is where the little doctor thing I told you about comes into play, so keep that in mind. Blood is a mixture of cells suspended in a liquid called plasma. Thank God for YouTube. Plasma is made up mostly of water, but it also contains proteins, sugars, hormones, and salts. The three different types of cells that you will find in your plasma 
are red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. Red blood cells give the body its color and makes up roughly 45% of your blood. They're round and, excuse my analogy, they kind of look like a donut. Their many jobs is to carry oxygen to the other cells in the body and to take the carbon dioxide waste product out of the, the body. Red blood, red blood cells only live four months or so, but healthy bone marrow produces four to five billion red blood cells every hour. White blood cells are the body's defense system. They fight infection from bacteria and viruses. Once they find the intruder, they surround the intruder, and they devour it, and they consume it. Platelets are truly pretty amazing. I learned a lot in getting ready for this. This is hot off the press, folks. Platelets are truly amazing because they are small pieces of cell particles whose job is to plug the holes in your vessel walls when they, when they tear or you have an injury. If a tear occurs in your blood vessel, the platelets will begin to stick around the tear and attach themselves to the blood vessel. And then the platelets begin to stick to each other and they, they, they make a, a safe passageway for your blood to continue while your vessel and your body heals itself. This is obviously a very, a very basic description of what our blood does and what it can do. But it's an, it's an overview nonetheless. No gift of God has given us, no gift of God that, that's been given to us is more important than the blood of Jesus Christ. Yet many Christians do not fully comprehend the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. What's worse than that is many churches and even denominations are beginning to stop preaching and to stop singing, and to stop talking about the blood, because it's blood. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't make sense to a lot of us. Do you really understand the significance of the blood of Jesus in your life? The Bible tells us many powerful things that the blood of Jesus does when it's applied. When you apply the blood of Jesus to your life, it provides forgiveness for your sins. Hebrews 9 and 22, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. When you apply the blood to your life, it gives you life. John 6 and 53, then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat my flesh, the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life. In you, when you apply the blood to your life, it brings you close to God. Ephesians 2 and 13 states, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. When you apply the blood of Jesus to your life, it cleanses your conscience. In Hebrews 9 and 14, it states, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. When you apply the blood of Jesus to your life, it sanctifies you. 
Hebrews 13 and 12, therefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered outside the gate. When you apply the blood of Jesus to your life, it heals you. First Peter 2 and 24, who is his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. When you apply the blood of Jesus to your life, it enables you to overcome the devil and his works. Revelations 12 and 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Blood is so important to God. It's mentioned in the Bible over 700 times. David referred to the incorruptible blood. Peter spoke of the precious blood. And John wrote of the overcoming power of the blood. We're told in Leviticus 17 and verse 11 that the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of our flesh, the life of flesh is in the blood. This is true in both spiritual and physical. Your natural blood, as stated earlier, supplies life-giving oxygen and nutrients to every cell in your body. If the flow of blood were to be cut off from any area of your body, that area of your body would begin to die, and it wouldn't take long. Spiritually speaking, any part of your life that is cut off from the blood of Jesus Christ will begin to die, and it won't take long for that to occur. Your blood also carries away waste and toxins from your cells. Spiritually, without the blood of Jesus in your life, your life would be filled with filth, just like the Pharisees in Matthew 23 and 27. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that removes the dirt and sin from my life. God also equipped our, white, our, our body with white blood cells that fight off sickness. Anytime bacteria or virus try to get in, your white blood cells start destroying the invaders. When your natural blood is healthy, you are protected from disease. And when you are spiritually healthy, there isn't anything the devil can bring against you that the spirit of the blood of Jesus will fight off. At the Last Supper, when Jesus healed when he held up the cup of wine, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Luke 22 and 20. I like how the NET version says it, and it says, And in the same way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is in the new covenant in my blood. The blood is so significant that the scripture is used every time we receive communion. Still, most Christians know only about the blood being shed and not about the applying of the blood. In Exodus 12 and 22, the Israelites were commanded to kill the lamb and to dip a branch of hyssop, a common herb, to dip that branch into the basin of blood. They were then to sprinkle it on the lintel and the side of their doors. 
that night as the death angel came, he passed over every door where he saw the blood on the doorpost. Everyone whose doorpost had no blood lost their firstborn, but those that had the blood were spared. If an Israelite had killed the lamb and just somehow left the lamb and the blood all right there in the basin, and instead of applying it, they just left it, the death angel would have struck their home. Killing the lamb would have done no good. It would have been in vain killing the lamb and holding the blood. The shedding of the blood was not enough. The shedding of the blood wasn't enough. The blood only had power to save when it was taken from the basin and applied to the doorstep. Let me tell you something. God looks at the blood. Y'all stay with me. God looks at the blood. It's important to note that God's protection wasn't dependent on the zeal of the Israelites or their good works. God was only looking at the blood, and he is still looking at the blood today. Remember Leviticus 17 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Throughout the Old Testament, it was the blood of the animal sacrificed that had the power to atone and make amends for wrongdoing. But in the New Testament, Jesus said, this is my blood. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the remission of sins. Matthew 26 and 28. If you were to study the four Gospels. And you really spent some time looking at the four Gospels. You will begin to see and discover some very interesting things. I guess my favorite Gospel, if I had to pick one tonight, would be the Gospel of John. It's, it's in John that, that I, I've learned quite a bit. Jesus dies on a different day in John's Gospel than in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In the three synoptic Gospels, Jesus actually eats a Passover meal before he dies. In John's Gospel, he doesn't. The Last Supper is actually eaten before the Passover. Read it, John 13, 1 and 2. So here's the scene in John's Gospel. The day leading up to the Passover is the day when all the lambs were slaughtered. And everyone goes to the temple to get their lamb for the Passover meal. In Jerusalem, this would have meant thousands of lambs being slaughtered all at one time. And in John's gospel, that is the day in which Jesus was crucified. So then quite literally, the dramatic scene in John's gospel has Jesus hanging on the cross while the lambs are being slaughtered for the Passover John 1 and 29 says, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In other words, Jesus doesn't eat the Passover meal. He is the Passover meal. Look it up. No other gospel says the Lamb of God, just John. John 6, 55 and 56, my flesh is true 
food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my mortal flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. But the idea of drinking blood was abhorred to the Jewish dietary regulations. So the very language and symbolism that, that is so rich in the, in the gospel of John also has a decidedly political tone to, to, to in turn, of the evolving relationship between the Jews and the Christians. In the times that John's gospel was written, Judaism was beginning to evolve throughout the Roman Empire. The role of the synagogue was changing from a meeting place to a place of worship. Worship in the synagogue increasingly centered on Torah as the word of God. But if you read John's gospel, John continually saw Jesus as the word of God. And for this conviction, they were forced out of the synagogue. Read it. John 9 and 22. The Jews had agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. Now he wasn't consuming the Passover lamb. He was becoming the Passover lamb. He was now, he was now taking your sins and he was now taking my sins and he was atoning them by his death and the shedding of his blood. Even though there's nothing that any person can do to compensate for their sins, Many of us keep on trying to make up for it. We keep trying to make up for the things that we've done in the past. We keep trying to, to, to make a penance, to, to pay up a price for the things that we've done in the past. It may be something big or small, an addiction, a fair, an abortion, an angry outburst, an unforgiving heart, a lying spirit. But the blood of Jesus, listen to me, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can bring about the forgiveness that you and I truly need. In 1 John 7 and 9, we're told if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. When we admit our sins to God and begin to apply the blood of Jesus to the doorway of our soul, then that's when the blood provides forgiveness and cleansing for us. Without the blood of Jesus, we are defenseless against the devil and his works. Yes, it's good to have zeal, and it's good to do work, good works, and it's good to have a devotional life, and, and these things are essential to the longevity of your walk with God. But none of those things can cleanse, heal, or protect you. Only the blood of Jesus when it comes to your forgiveness and cleansing and healing and protection and deliverance, God is still looking at the blood. Applying the blood. Just as the blood had been sprinkled on the doorpost at the Passover, you must also, you must also begin to place the blood on the, on the, on the doorpost of your soul. It was already shed for you at Calvary. It's already in the basin. It's, all, it's already in the basin. But you have to begin to apply it. You, It's up to you to begin to apply it to your soul. And that's when it will become powerful. Under the old covenant, the blood of animals were applied 
by sprinkling the blood with hyssop. Under the new covenant, we apply the blood of Jesus with our heart and with our words. For the heart, for the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10 and 10. So how do I apply this blood of Jesus to my life, Brother Jay? How do I apply that to my life right now? Well, you know, if I understand the word of God correctly, and Leviticus says that it's the life, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And John 1 and 1 says, the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The way to do it is found in John 6, 53 and 58. Red letter edition, Jesus told you himself how to do it. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh, eat the flesh of the Son of God. What is the flesh? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The flesh. If you begin to eat the flesh and drink the blood, whoso eateth my flesh, the Word, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so that he eateth me, even he shall live by me. In case the word Father confuses you there, flip over to John 10 and 30, and it says, I and my Father are one. Verse 58, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, but this is, if you eat this, you're going to have life forever. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. You're, you begin to apply the blood of Jesus when you open that word and you begin to look at Calvary and say, you know what, Jesus did die for me on a cross you begin to apply the word, the blood of Jesus to your life when you begin to look at the scriptures and you say, and you can apply the blood to your body to receive healing, Isaiah 53 and 5. You can apply the blood to you and your family for protection, Exodus 12 and 13. You can apply the blood of Jesus to protect your children and their circumstances, Job 1 and 5. You can apply the blood to anything in your life. But you got to eat the flesh. You got to consume the word. You got to open this book. And you got to look at what God said to you and the promises He gave you. And you got to begin to apply those. I'm going to apply, I'm going to put that blood right here in my life. I'm going to take those promises out of Job, and I'm going to put that blood right here in my life. And I'm going to take those promises in Psalms and those joyful songs, and I'm going to apply that blood in my life right here. The blood of God is true, and it's real. It's real. I know everybody could testify that it's real. I've asked a couple of people, Sister Kennedy, Brother Lloyd, Brother Brandon, if y'all come up here, I want y'all, I want, I want, you know, we live by our testimony. Y'all go ahead and make your way up here. I want them to share a testimony with you. A lot of people want, want the money, but they don't want the test for the money. The testimony is something tough, Sister Kennedy.
Thank you, Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Did you see what happened when we start singing about the blood? The enemy don't want us to sing about the blood. He took away all those old songs because he know there's power in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I love to sing about the blood. It's good to sing all these new songs, but it's good to remember those old songs. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. When we start to sing that song, my God, you feel like you want to fly. Praise God. Because what you're doing, you're in agreement with the Lord. That blood, hallelujah, that cleansed my soul. That blood that made me whole. The devil don't want to hear that. He told us, praise God, to sing a new song. Hallelujah. Which means if there's a new, there was an old. The old song, praise God, that they sang back there. That Marian take that timber and she started saying, the horse and rider had he thrown into the sea. But our song, the new song, is the blood. The blood. The blood. The blood, the blood, the blood. And praise God, that's not where I'm going, but I just want to show you this. It's confirmed in the word of God. In Revelation 15 and 3, it says, The song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are the ways, thou king of saints. To join those two songs. That's our song for today. That's our song. That's our song. And that's the song that we have to sing. The blood. Because he cannot stand against you. When you proclaim the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. We are going to go through things. Things are going to happen to us. Because the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So many times we are fooled when we come into the Lord. We think that it's a bed of roses and we're just going to walk down this flowery bed of roses. But it's not so. Your faith is going to be trusted. And when he can't get you one way, he's going to come another way. That's why the Lord say, watch and pray. Too many times I think we keep our eyes closed. You better have our eyes open and watch. Watch and pray. I just want to share this little testimony that that with my son because that's where he's been testing me a lot with this son and I thank God a couple of years ago he was sick deadly sick the saints of God didn't realize how sick he was because I wasn't seeing many of them but I, I believe when God have your loved ones in the hospital you better stay by the side don't put your confidence in the doctors my confidence is in the Lord I'm there I stood by him Night and day. I was in there and a few of the saints came. And many times, sometimes, you have the Job type of friends. You know, they're thinking, well, you know, they'll make you believe that's something you've done. You've sinned against God and all this. But you better know God for yourself. And I thank God that I was in there with my son. And I, I saw a few of them come by, well-meaning saints. <clears throat> they look at him. And they didn't realize how sick he was. They saw death. One sister came in and she had to run out the hospital. She said, oh God, I didn't know he was so sick. So my daughter and I was helping him to the bathroom. And coming back from the bathroom, my son, just a few steps away from the bed, 
he sounded like he gave his last breath. We heard it. I didn't have to convey it to her. She understood it. She heard that. And all that weight, dead weight, fell on me. And all I could think about was throwing myself on the bed with him. I throw myself down and I start to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. While my daughter ran in the eyes screaming because she understood what happened. But they came in, the nurses, everybody, I can't tell you how many was in there. Because again, I wanted to stay focused. Because in my mind, I'm believing God is not ready to take him yet. And I'm calling Jesus and I hear them saying, we cannot find a pulse. And I hear all of this and still I wasn't moved by it. I still calling Jesus and they're trying to get me to let him go. (coughs) They were trying to get me to let him go. But I knew that I had to hold on and call Jesus. 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 And as I began to call Jesus, it's like his eyes open. He looks all discombobulated. He said, Ma, Ma, what happened? I said, it is well. It is well. It is well. It is well. Praise God. The word of God said, hallelujah. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. But I will trust in the name of the Lord. We have to know the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank God. Hallelujah. For his name and his blood. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, saints. Um, I'm not as quite as fiery as my mother. <laughs> um, I, I did question uh, myself when Brother Gay asked me to give me a, give a testimony. I was thinking, well, I'm not the most fiery person, what have you. And I was thinking, well, I'm still battling so many things. And I, sometimes you forget where God brought you from. And in the course of the day, as I was um, thinking over the many things that I've been through, um, God reminded me and, and uh, kind of alerted me to why he has, like in the scripture you read, he um, gave that as an ordinance for the children of Israel to remember because you tend to forget. And um, like the story my mother told, um, uh, I can recall that also and recall, well, well I, I can only recall the part up to what happened and then, <laughs> then everything was black. Um, I've had so many instances where it appeared that, you know, um, things weren't going to get better, but God has proven himself over and over for me. And I can say, from time I was, uh, actually it was my uncle who reminded me of something. Um, again, because you, you, you go through trials and you, you go on with life, you press on, and sometimes you, the story grows old and you, your memory's not as uh, sharp as it was in, in where, where God brought you from. But um, I recall through childhood, I've always had something going on, always some medical um, situation. But I also recall how God has healed me from it. They told me I would always be on um, the drugs for epilepsy. And God is, he sometimes he uses strange um, situations or, uh, to, to assist you in, in, in getting, breaking free from something. And even with that, um, it was a time that my, my father was actually living in Florida. My mother uh, allowed us to get a chance to go down and, and, and live with him for a year. And he, he's not living for God or anything. He's, he's in a backslidden state. But he still retained some elements of faith. And uh, when, when I went down there, um, 
he, he was taking a look at the pills and what have you. And he told me, um, do you believe God can sustain you? And I said, yeah. You know, just gave him um, an answer of yes. And he said, um, okay. He just opened it and dumped it all in the garbage. He said, you're not going to take any anymore. And um, yeah, I, I was young and what have you. And I was told that I'm supposed to be taking it. And that, uh, you know, I would have, you know, epilepsy and what have you. Uh, with seizures and what and what have you. And, um, but from that point forward, I, I think his faith inspired my faith. And I've since then I've gone on roller coasters. I've done everything I'm not supposed to do. And epilepsy has never returned. Um, I, I can tell you countless stories. I'm, I'm gonna try to be brief. I, even just a few years ago, I had a, um, like a mini stroke. And I thank God that I have no residual effects of that. I have um, nothing that that can even you know point to that. I've been through many things within my f- flesh, and that seems to be the battle. And um, but God has always sustained me. He's always been been a prayer answer. And and I I'm gonna end with this. this um, the psalm that keeps going through my head was um, Psalms 41, where it says. Uh, by this I know that thou favorest me, because my enemy hath not, doth not triumph over me. And that's the testimony that I have today, that, that regardless of what you face, God is able to bring you through. And even though I'm still going through things, um, I can say that, I, I guess, one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm happy about is that in the past, you know, I grew up in church, and, and you grew up with the shouting, the praising, the dancing, the... To, worshiping but I've learned that even um, when you don't feel God when you don't feel uh, the goosebumps the hair standing up on the back of your neck that God's taught me that in the silence he's still there and that I'm no longer dependent upon upon you know the excitable things that even as things get rougher I'm it's almost like I begin to understand when the apostles were talking about, you know, you, you, you glory in, in the things that the travails and the difficulties that what you go through because it just gives God yet another opportunity to prove himself. And then it just, you become more encouraged in your faith. You know, at times it may not emotionally feel a certain way. I, I feel encouraged. I feel like for every battle I go through, God's going to get a bigger glory. and There's going to be a better testimony. And that's what I'm looking for from this point forward. I have four boys, so I keep sorry. Jay, Jay stopped earlier and asked each one of us to testify, and I'm going to go ahead and say I'm glad my mom's not here. She probably would have said the same thing as the lady said about me being the, 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 the one that you plead the blood over. <laughs> so we'll just leave that at that. <laughs> but uh, I, I've grown up in this uh, since I was five years old, and... Uh, you talk about having the blood pled over you and being taught how to plead the blood. Uh, I was adopted from a, from a family. There was a mom that was a drug addict and a dad that was a deadbeat. And uh, adopted to a, to a preacher and his, and his wife that couldn't have kids. And they raised me to, uh, to, to submit myself to God and to submit myself to the church and to, su- 
but I'm going to tell you what, whenever you got somebody like me, that's, that's a hard road to hoe right there. I'm going to go ahead. Brother, I don't need any amen over here from the pastor. I'm just going to go ahead and say, I'll say it for myself, okay? I'm stubborn as they come. I'm bullheaded. I'm a bull in a china shop, okay? But uh, I specifically remember, um, and I've got stories of healings and, and deliverance, and I mean, it just goes on and on. But I specifically remember the summer of 2004, I was getting ready to deploy to Iraq. And uh, I remember my mom, uh, yeah, Jesus is right. I remember my mom taking me aside, and uh, we, were at a, we were at a meeting with a bunch of other uh, Christians. And it, it wasn't necessarily a church meeting, but it was a, a faith-based meeting. And I remember my mother pulling me up against my will in front of these people and saying to all these people that were not Pentecostals and they weren't apostolics, they were just Jesus-believing people, that we need to plead the blood over him. And uh, we get down there, and it was very powerful, and it was very emotional, and I leave, and I go to Iraq, and I'm in Iraq, and there, I didn't tell, I actually didn't tell my family I was going to Iraq until I was already there. They, they thought I was going somewhere else, but anyways, um, I'm in Iraq, and uh, We'd been there for a few weeks, and me and a couple of my guys, we decided we were going to go to the local store they had set up on base. And uh, it was like we all lost our mind because we got ready to go, and the store was only two streets over, and we're all looking at each other, and we're going, how do we get there? Where's this place at? Where are we going? And uh, and uh, it, it, it turned out that while we were sitting there trying to decide how to get there, Hear an explosion. Everybody, of course, everybody hits the ground, and and uh, it's a little bit chaotic, and we're trying to figure out what happened. Well, as soon as the reports come back, there was a rocket that had come over the fence and had hit the store on base. Let me tell you something. Now, again, remember, I don't tell mom and dad this. <laughs> they didn't know I was in Iraq yet. They get a phone call from... Um, some of my friends on base and go, hey, have y'all heard from Brandon? And they said, well, why are we hear from Brandon? And they said, well, he's at that base where the rocket attack just happened. Look on Fox News. They look on Fox News, and there it is. So uh, they call me up. My buddies call me up and go, hey, you need to call your mom and dad and let them know you're all right. Okay, so call mom and dad, and I said, hey, I just want to let y'all know. I didn't tell you before, but I'm in Iraq. We just had a rocket attack. Just want to let you know I'm all right. My mom goes, my mom says, Brandon, now remember there's a 12-hour time difference, just about 12 hours, 11 or 12 hours. My mom says, Brandon, God woke me up this morning out of my bed and told me to hit my knees in prayer. And these were her words, Brandon. Brandon, I pled the blood of Jesus over your life. You want to tell me that the blood of Jesus has no power? You want to tell me that it's unbelievable? You want to tell me that it doesn't hold true? I'm going to tell you standing here today as a man that has experienced it in healing and protection that if you don't know the blood of Jesus, I encourage you to hit this altar and find out what it's all about. This man preaches the truth, get it comes from the Word of God, and I'm testifying and out of the mouths of two or three agreed upon is true. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's stand and worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Ha ra ra bo sha ra na 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 bo ko bo.